0: I get all my news at hossmanmarketing.com. I find that to be the most level and centered place to get all the news I need to know. hey As we start episode number 110 of the Promo Upfront podcast, I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. with me as always is Kirby Hossman. but we wanted to remind you that not only is it episode number 110 of the Promo Upfront podcast, it's also time for back to school, and we want to remind you of just a couple of things. One, uh, we don't need no education. We don't <laughs> need no thought control. No dark sarcasm in the classroom. Hey, teacher, leave them kids alone. Joking, of course. Hope everybody's having a great uh, early uh, August, mid-August, and as people start going back to school. As I said, I'm Bill Petrie. I'm with here here with Kirby Hossman, uh, the yeah. other fine host of this broadcast. Kirby, how are you today on this fine, fine August morning?
1: I'm doing well, man. I uh, I don't know if, if everybody else is like this, but I have uh, really kind of come with my eyes open and gone, God almighty, it's August already. Um, so other than the fact that I'm stunned at how fast the year's going, I'm doing great, man. How about you?
0: Doing great. You know, I, I you know, the school calendar has really shifted uh, growing up. I don't think I ever, even in Texas, I don't think I ever went to school before uh, Labor Day. And so it just seems so strange that here we are we're recording this on August 10th and um, we're, we're in the middle of taking our kids back to college uh, school here started last week, uh, regular school, so it just seems kind of strange, uh, and it got me thinking of my my after-school activities when I was a kid. You know, I'd come home, especially in elementary school, maybe have a snack and watch TV, and one of my favorite things to do and watch was reruns of I Dream of Genie. I'm sure you remember that show, Kirby. Uh, I always thought it'd be so, yeah, I always thought it'd be so cool to have my own genie to grant my every, every wish. I think this is why I'm so completely blown away, but blown away by the approach Evans has to making the lives of distributors easier. That's right, Kirby. You see, the goal at Evans is to grant every distributor wish. That's right, Kirby. They're going to fold their arms and give a big blink as much as they can. Hey, wish for a reliable and caring partner? Evans is going to grant that wish. Wish for for the best customer service and promo? Evans is going to grant that wish as well. Wish for a process as close to frictionless as possible. (laughs) Fake laughter. You get it. That's right. Evans is going to grant that wish. And Kirby, I'd like to know as a hardworking distributor, what do you wish for in a supplier partner?
1: You know, I think that's a, it's great. I think that simplicity comes to mind, you know, you talked about a frictionless uh, transaction. I think that, you know, the reality of it is there's a lot of moving parts in what we do. And so any supplier that makes things as easy as possible and delivers, you know, I I always say that I'm in the business of keeping promises for other people, right? And so I love to work with people who keep promises so that I look good, the customer looks good, the supplier looks good. And uh, so that's, that would be the wish that I would come to.
0: Well, and I guarantee you, Evans can grant that wish because they really are in the business of making distributor lives easier, Kirby. I love that. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Distributor, whatever you wish for in a supplier partner, there's a very good chance that our pals over at Evans can and will grant it. Visit evans-mfg.com or email one of their customer service genies at info at evans-mfg.com to see how Evans will work tirelessly to make your every distributor wish come true. Now, listener, your wish is about to come true because we're about to (laughs) launch right into this podcast. I have the upfront (laughs) section this week. Uh, which means we're going to talk about something in promo. Kirby and I were talking briefly, as we always do before the podcast, slim chicken pickings this week. Uh, but we're but I've got something we actually overlooked for the first time in in a long time. Okay, we did not talk about the counselor awards that happened at ASI Chicago a couple of weeks ago. Okay, so I wanted to run these down real quick, but I wanted to focus on one specific category and, and chat about that. But I'm going to run these through real quick. Okay. Um, and so I think, oh, first of all, all deserving winners. So let's just run these down. Best Cone Humanitarian Award, that went to Ben Grossman of Grossman Marketing Group. He also started Swag Cycle, something we've talked about on this podcast. Cool. Um, really think that's cool. Lifetime Achievement Award went to Fred Oson. Supplier Family Business of the Year, our good friends uh, the towns down at Shipenko. Mm, uh, Distributor Family Business of the Year, Barker Specialty Company. Technology Executive of the Year was Mike Napic over at Sanmar. Women of Distinction, Debbie Abergel over at Nadell. Uh, Supplier Entrepreneur of the Year, Amin Sikudi, or Siddiqui at Imprint ID. Distributor Entrepreneur of the Year, Lisa Smith at Republic Promos, two more. International Person of the Year, Jim Lynch from Linka. And the Person of the Year was Jim Shannon at SNS. And when I was looking at these awards, the one I think I love the most out of all of these. Okay is the family businesses of the year, both okay. on the supplier side and the distributor side. I think sometimes we look at the larger promotional products uh, industry and it's so dominated by these large, very corporate entities these days. And that, that's not a bad thing. It's it's just an is. Right. What I love about recognizing the family businesses, it really reminds all of us of the genesis of this industry that it really is still small businesses it's family businesses i mean held of the folks over at shipenco you know the towns family has owned that that business for four generations i believe yeah it's just an amazing thing so I, what i wanted to ask you kirby when you think of our industry today Do you feel we're still honoring that legacy of family-owned businesses, or have we just really accelerated to this whole corporate much more, uh, 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 I don't want to say stale, that's not fair, but certainly more of a a, uh, buttoned-up approach to our industry?
1: Yeah, I think that when you think of the industry and you're in the industry, um, I think it would be hard not to think of the behemoths of right. uh, you know, the promotional products industry because yep. those are the folks that get the headlines because they're doing the acquisitions. They're hopefully right. leading the charge on different initiatives like we've talked about in the past with like last week, was it last week with Halo and the DEI? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I think that deservedly so, we talk way, way, way more about the larger companies in the industry because they have a, they have a huge impact on it. But the reality of it is just like the, um, the rest of the country, small businesses make up, you know, 70%, 75% of the actual numbers of, of folks. And so, um, of businesses in each industry. And I think that's certainly true of our industry. I, you know, I I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, we are an independent, you know, family owned company here and I don't, I don't need the headlines. Um, That part doesn't bother me. And I appreciate the work that some of these big folks are doing because I can't afford to do it. I mean, if I'm being honest and it allows me to kind of look at what they're doing and go, Ooh, I don't like that. So I'm not going to worry about it. Um, But you know, the, the initiatives that do make sense, I can jump on. And so I appreciate those large folks taking a leadership position. What I would say is I do love uh, and commend ASI for making the point of saying, hey guys, look over here too. Um, and just taking the time to recognize those folks that are doing it right from a from a, a smaller uh, business perspective. So that, that would be, I guess, my take on it. I, I don't need a lot of more recognition for that, but the idea that at least there is some is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I think there's something really amazing about generations owning businesses, I and mean, it doesn't have to be small, right? I mean, yeah. a pretty good sized company. Yeah, that's generation. Something. One of our sponsors here has been family owned uh, for three generations. Uh, Geiger. I mean, how long? They're huge. How long they've been in the Geiger family? Five yeah. generations. So, I think there's something, regardless of the size, there's yeah. something really romantic about the fact that from generation to generation, you have someone named Geiger. Running yeah. Geiger, you have someone named Ruben running Blue Generation. You have someone named Towns running Shippenko. To me, there that that level of continuity, especially you know when there's market volatility, when there's concerns about um, you know uh, stability, boy, that speaks to that without having to say a word. And and I really love that, and I love the fact that uh, ASI does recognize that. So didn't want to get big into an award discussion. I mean, they've had their, they, they were recognized as they all should be, but I think there's really something cool about that family owned business, but I, I think it's time Kirby. I got to amp this up. I got to amp <laughs> up the podcast. I, okay. I, I, I have, I, I have no choice. We have to. Sure. Hey distributors. Is your marketing working? It's a good question, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> if you can't answer that question with a definitive and immediate, hell yes, you need to reach out to our friends over at Promo Pulse. Pulse. They can help you with consistently amplifying your sales through stunningly beautiful outbound marketing that's so easy to use. You can customize it, set it, and forget it all within five minutes. So learn more at promopulse.io slash amp. Kirby, I feel amped up. I think you do too. Let's hit another topic, pal.
1: Before we hit another topic, I just want to say one yeah. thing to the folks here. Uh, oh, sure. who- um, about the family-owned thing, um, yeah. I think we'd be remiss to just say it's really hard to jump a generation. Like it's yeah. one of those I've seen so many like a first-generation business passing on to the second generation; those fail so often because you know it's just hard to carry that on. You have different personalities. So I, again, I yeah. just one that was just my sort of final thought to say: kudos for those who are able to, because I think there's a there's a thing to say. Okay, we want the continuity, but making it your own and not being yeah. pigeonholed into something stale um, is amazing. So anyway, uh, so yeah, moving on to the next topic, Good. I guess what I would Good say point. is, um, so can we agree that what we see on a daily basis shapes our sort of our mental state and our worldview? Can we agree with that? Yes. Cool. So it occurred to me the other day that... Um, a lot of what shapes many people's worldview and their their mental state is the the news, the news that they yep. consume, right? And we've talked a little bit about this. I have mm-hmm. uh, really shifted away um, from watching any network news. I, like, and and it's mm-hmm. funny because whenever I'm on the road and you stay at a hotel, it's. It's on all the, pl- it's, it's yeah. one of those where you can't escape yeah. it. It's just not on at my house. So I don't see yeah. it. So that's when I notice it, right? Like I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's so salacious and so negative all the time.
0: Right.
1: Um, so for me, I find that most of my news comes from social media and people will kind of mm-hmm. quiver about that. But I'm like, well, you, you kind of know what all the headlines are when something big and then you can dig right. in deeper. And then I, I actually started subscribing to a, an email newsletter that I get every day called The Morning mm-hmm. Brew. Mm -hmm. And that's been a fairly non-partisan way for me to stay up on things. And so I feel educated each morning um, without, you know, breaking news, you know, like, and so I guess with the evolution of that news, with the evolution of how we receive that news, I sort of wanted to kind of get your take on a, where is it that you get news nowadays or do you at all? Um, And, you know where do you think sort of that evolution is going do you think that 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 just it, we just keep going further and further down the the craziness of what it is or are we going to see it come back to the middle
0: a little bit i get all my news at com. i find <laughs> that to be the most level and centered place to get all the news I need to know, yeah. um, joking aside. So I, I actually uh, used to be a little bit of a news junkie growing up. Um, I always enjoyed watching the news, whether it was the, you know, the, the ABC evening news um, with uh, Peter Jennings, uh, you know, it's, I, I like that stuff. Uh, I haven't watched either the local news, unless there's a weather event or uh, national news uh, for uh, years. Yeah. Uh, I find, you know, that w- w- something happened along the way something funny happened along the way and and what happened was news network news which used to be a public trust right there was a reason walter cronkite was once called the most trusted man in america Uh um he may lean one way or the other but he delivered the news and he didn't give his opinion unless there was an opinion piece right right we've moved away from that because now news is no longer that public trust news is a revenue generator and so they have to get ratings so if to get ratings, you get the whole breaking news tonight, and all you know, all that stuff. So I don't really watch the news. So to answer your question, Kirby, where I get the news, I try to find the most um, centrified source online that I can inform my own opinions and if i read something and it feels like it's leaning in one direction i intentionally to go try to find the other perspective because yeah. i figure between the two i can get my own view on that it's it's difficult so i get my news generally through cnn mm-hmm. or um you know that that feel it's it leans a little left certainly um there's no question on that but it's it's still for the most part very centered at least for me yeah um so i get my stuff my, my news there I do get it through Twitter. Sometimes I don't get it through Facebook. I will tell you, I I think, I I think getting news through Facebook is it's, it's too, the algorithms are, are too skewed for, they're going to give them They're again. It's a revenue generating thing. They want to generate clicks. So they're going to show me things I want to see. That's why my feed is always full of Van Halen barbecue and Texas A&M football. That's what my Facebook feed (laughs) is. Twitter I, especially when there's a news event happening, I love yeah, Twitter because I get point. a lot of different perspectives. Um, I think that's where Twitter really excels is in those moments. So, I, I think you know, again, like you, you you are what you eat, you are what you consume, you are what you view. So, I try to stay away from that salaciousness of the news. I try to stay away from the negativity of it. Yeah, um, it's tough. The, yeah, I mean, it, but yeah, so I I don't watch the news not because of some moral high ground because honestly it just bums me out. It's not me sticking my head in the sand. No, uh, I'm aware of all the problems we have in our world. It's just I don't I don't need it shoved in my face 24 seven either. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it, and again I think your your point is well taken. It's just about
1: being sort of intentional about what you get. It's not. Yeah. Not uh, and and I think part of the the challenge and we've seen it happen is that we're caught co- and again so this is not a a political thing, but
0: no.
1: but when I but I'm about to say something that people will take that way. So Fox News is not news. Now they have news programs, but just because right. there's a the the word news is doesn't make it they have a lot of opinion based programs so does msnbc so does cnn but i think one of the misconceptions is because it's called fox news they believe the folks some folks believe that anything that's on there is news it's not and i think that's true of all the networks is there's so much more opinion based because that's what gets the clicks that's what gets the the eyeballs um so i think when you watch a news program some of it's done really well but you got to sift through so much that i'm just not willing to do it
0: I, I agree with you. And again, I'm a believer that in our country, you have 100% of the population. 80% of us are kind of in the middle. We might lean right. a little bit one way on one issue, but then another issue might we lean the other way, right? Yeah. We're a little fluid there. And then you have a very loud minority, 10% on one side, and you have a very loud minority on the other side, the other 10%. That, and that I feel like that's what a lot of the news caters to. Yeah, and so it's very difficult for me, and and maybe it's my lack of intelligence, but it's very difficult for me to sift through that and decide what the truth is. I, you know, I, I I kind of weep for my kids, your kids, Mm -hmm. our gener, you know, that generation because they don't know they don't know where to get trusted news. I'm not sure I do anymore either, but I know growing up I could watch news and it would be pretty much uh, straightforward, but. It is what it is. It's a different world. And yeah, so we, for we sure. have to deal with it. So you have cool. to be intentional to, to your point. All right, Kirby. I want to talk a little bit about the sharing economy. Okay. Something that uh, has really developed over the last 10 years, I'd say, uh, in our in our world, Uber, right? Things you know, ride share, Airbnb, which is people sharing their homes and as opposed to hotels. Um, bird, the scooters, mm. you get in a lot of metropolitan downtown areas. Those are so cool. How about a gr- how about a grill share, Kirby? How about, uh, that's right
1: <laughs> i see the question mark forming over your head because <laughs> because my initial reaction is absolutely
0: not <laughs> well miller light has a grill share in chicago and new york in metropolitan areas where generally people can't grill because they live in high-rise buildings mm. so basically it's a branded charbroil grill where the hood is decorated to look like a miller light beer can Okay. Yeah, very cool. Okay. Uh, it's available in four-hour time slots, and when you reserve it, uh, I don't know the cost, but you receive a Miller Lite branded spatula and apron, as well as a twenty-five dollar voucher to purchase food, charcoal, and perhaps a Miller Lite. Um, okay. And if you can't, if you can't rent one because you don't live in one of those areas, or it's already, you know, it's already slotted and booked. You can win one. Uh, Miller Lite has a grill share contest. You'd have to Google it. I don't have the URL. So Miller Lite grill share contest. I loved the creativity of this because you do have people who love grilling, but they live in that metropolitan area where they don't allow grills. Um, I think it's a very smart thing. Um, And I love the creativity and the use of promotional products, especially because if you look over the last decade, beer sales are slipping and they're slipping precipitously, right? Mm -hmm. Because now, you know, Hard seltzers has completely, uh, you know, decimated that. And then you have the resurgence of distilled spirits, certainly bourbon and vodka and things Mm -hmm. like that have really eaten into that. So I love that. I guess my question to you is I want to, and I'm blindsiding you this, so I I can go first. How can promotional product distributors come up with ideas like this to present to clients? And I've got mm-hmm. a couple ideas. If you want me to go through them uh, uh, or if you want to go first, it's up to you.
1: Well, I mean, a couple things.
0: Uh, the first thing, like,
1: it's funny because when you said grill share, it makes me think that all of a sudden we're all uh, grilling different hot dogs and meat at the same time. Right. The idea that uh, I would at least get a four hour, four hour window. That was why my first, I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not <laughs> like, um, doing that together. However, yeah. um, when you kind of go dig into it, I'm like, man, these are the kind of campaigns that mm-hmm. inspire you and, and, and like you smile and go, man, that's, that's really good. And it, I think yeah. it, it, your question is the right one, because when you hear it, you're like, Oh, why can't, you know, more why of us I come think up, of that. Yeah. Why didn't I come up with that? That's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, I think from my mm. perspective, I, I think I've probably talked about this. I think that looking at campaigns like this beget campaigns like this. So what i mean right. by that is like you know when i see kfc doing crocs when i see mm-hmm. um you know miller lite doing grills when i do, see well, the charcoal thing for miller lite like and by the way some of these brands obviously just get it um but i i derive inspiration from things like that so that i think that they make me think more about doing things like that. Um, yeah. And so for me, that's where that inspiration would come from is just by simply looking not only at products like that, but also kind of looking outside of our industry and going, okay, if I were an ad agency, how would I do this? Like, And what I mean by that is I think when, because we're in the branded merchandise industry, I think it's one of those things where when you have a, a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And so we're like, well, but you know, we could do a t-shirt like, and by the way, right. I tend to go there. Um, but when you go, okay, I need to shift my mindset and look at it. Like, what would an agency do? Um, I think then all of a sudden you're like, well, they would also do some things outside of it and that the, the right. branded merchandise would be a big piece of it, but it would be a piece, not the only piece. And to me, that's the shift we need to make.
0: Uh, I couldn't agree more. And that's kind of where I went to is thinking like an agency. Mm-hmm. And and what I would challenge our, our distributor listeners, uh, both of them to do is, is this once a quarter, take a look at one of your clients. They can be big, they can be small, but uh, think proactively, get in the heads of your clients. What are they really trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. What is their ultimate goal in terms, is it new users? Is it retaining users? Is it cracking a new marketplace? Is it a new product launch? Whatever it is, get in their heads and then present a completed idea like really sketch it out. Burn some calories. Yeah. You know, I always say, if you want a specific job, whether, you know, when you're interviewing, start doing that job before you get hired. Yeah. Okay? So present a complete idea. I have an idea for this hair salon. And this is what... Uh, I, You know, the ultimate goal of the campaign is here's how we're going to deliver that messaging. Here are the promotional products to support it. There's where you get your sales. And here's how the packaging looks. Here's how the engagement looks. There's going to be a QR code. It's going to drive people here for this discount or this free service or this booking slot, whatever it is. And then have a meeting with them. I've been thinking about your business. And I'll present an idea to you that I believe is going to help you accomplish X. And walk them through it. If they don't buy it, I will tell you right now the amount of loyalty you build mm-hmm. because you're thinking about their business. Because yeah. most business owners, most people in those positions are way too busy to think about how can we do? Okay, that's really cool, kind of what Miller Lite did. I don't have the time, the yeah. resources, the energy to really figure out how we can do something like that. That's where you especially as we get to this place where we're going where you know people are going to want to remove lazy distributors out of the process. They're yeah, going to want yeah. direct access to promotional products. And if you're a, a speed bump, you're going to get flattened. Yeah. This is how you build that uh, that that loyalty that that uh, that that relationship of I'm really thinking about you.
1: Well, and it, it's not only a relationship too. I think that people just start to look at you differently. I talk a lot mm-hmm. about uh, recommending things that you don't sell, right? Because 100%. all of a sudden, like you know, as salespeople, we always are going to recommend the things we sell. It makes sense. That's yeah. fine. But there are times where. You know a radio spot would make sense for uh, your client. Right. And when you do that, people start looking at you going, oh, he he or she is not just trying to make a buck, they're literally looking at what's best for my business. And when you do that, not only do they look at you like a consultant, they look at you as a trusted advisor. And so right. Uh, I think that's pretty powerful.
0: No, it's absolutely very powerful. and and when you when you shift that mindset and they start looking at you differently, you know you position yourself above your competition. so easily so quickly it's it's so the one thing I would tell you if you want to start this process take a two-hour block no music no distractions pen and paper not even don't even get on your computer pen and paper and what would you do if someone handed you the keys and said I need a really amazing marketing campaign yeah stop thinking in terms of what merch can I sell people yes and start thinking in terms of how can I further this business along and merch is hopefully going to be a part of it that's where you start setting yourself apart and that's speaking to exactly what you said kirby you don't have to always sell what you sell Mm -hmm. right you don't have to sell this you can sell up here in the idea and the concept and in the merch will follow
1: yep agreed that's good
0: All all right kirby what do you got
1: Okay. One uh, final one for me is, um, you know, uh, this week I got a chance to talk to Lindsay Davis. Yes. And uh, we talked about, you know, she's her new position in in the promotional products work manager, I believe is her title. And um, she's working on the promotional products work expo, um, which essentially is a virtual end user event uh, for those of us in distributors. Um, And I'll be honest with you, Bill, like I thought, oh yeah, that's, that's a nice idea. Um, But I, I was struggling to see how it was going to work. The event, by the way, is um, September 29th and, and mm-hmm. registration is open now. Uh, but Lindsay did a really good job of like explaining to me how frictionless it will be to mm-hmm. sign up my clients. And um, so I've already registered a couple of clients for it. And I really wasn't planning on it before my conversation with Lindsay, if I'm being honest. So the more I dig into this concept, the more I like, the idea of our association working on projects like this, working on projects that not only help distributors sell, that's that's great because that helps increase our business, but helps elevate sort of the, because there's education as a part of this as well. So people right. can, like your clients can go to education. Um, I, I think you'll probably agree with that, but do you agree that that's one of the association's jobs? And if so, is is this the a right kind of event to move in that direction?
0: One hundred percent, it's the association's job, and I think the jury's out whether it's going to work or not. But what's yeah. important is not whether it's going to work or not going to work. Ooh, that that will that will reveal itself yeah, after, the market will... during the event after the event. Yeah. The important thing is the recognition of the initiative, and what I love is that they're doing it. Yeah. Right. You 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 have to what I what I'm loving what I'm seeing out of PPAI right now. They're acting. And you yeah. and I talk about this. Yeah, and you wrote a blog about it the other day. Um, it's something I certainly subscribe to. Ideas are cheap. Everybody's got ideas. Man, everybody's got great ideas, but you got to freaking execute. Yeah. What that means is, and it's another variation of something. And you and I talk about perfection doesn't exist. People will push away ideas and push them off. It's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. And that's fine. Sometimes it might not be ready, but sometimes you just got to go. So I always say where where, uh, innovation happens is better than good enough and never perfection. That's where innovation lives because you're going to have to go, you're going to have to execute, and then you'll tweak what worked, what didn't work. You do a post-mortem. I'm doing a blog on that for Monday. What worked, what didn't work, and we'll make it better next time. That's called evolution. That's called innovation. That's called growth. That's called progress. And so I love the fact that they're doing it. Um, I love the fact that you, and I did watch that Delivery Marketing Joy uh, this week, which was great. Um, and I, I think the way they're approaching it is great. I think they're trying to make it as easy as possible for yes. people to be part of it. That's important. Um, as you and I have talked about, wow, this is like a history of what we talked about. What <laughs> you and I have talked about is um, if you make things easy for people, they will always do the right thing. They will always do what you need to do with the second you make it difficult, they will find something else or somewhere, something else to do or somewhere else to go. So I love that. So I think the jury's out, but I think that's okay. I think we should be excited for it. I think as an industry, we should get behind it and support it. And I certainly support Lindsay and I support PPAI and I support Dale uh, pushing this initiative forward. I think it's great.
1: Yeah. And for those for those who are interested and you don't know what we're talking about, if you go to promotionalproductswork.com, uh, it has all the information. You can register all that sort of thing. So I, I, again, as you said, the jury's still out, but I think they have created a minimum viable product to push out there. And I, I, they did a beta, I think, in May. They did. And so they, mm-hmm. they did something, learned from it, and now this is the evolution of that. And so again, I, I like the process and I like the concept. So I'm excited that they're working on something like this.
0: I do too. Anything like that, I think is good for the industry. You know, I think we've all wished for things like that uh, for many, many years, but I tell you what, there's a lot of distributors who wish for other things, Kirby, what they wish for (laughs) is a frictionless process for the suppliers they work with. They wish for a reliable and caring partner. They wish for that best customer service and promo and all those wishes, every single fricking one of them can be granted from our good pals over at Evans. That's right. They're in the business of making your distributor life easier. They're in the business of granting, working as hard as they can to grant every single wish you have. So if you want to learn more, head over to evans-mfg.com or email those customer service genies over at uh, info at evans-mfg.com and they will cross their forearms and blank and do everything they can to grant your wish. And now it's time for me to wish all of you a fond fond adieu until next week dude i
1: wished for a professional level transition that was well done well thank you very little